You're listening to the Build and Bloom podcast with host Jessica Whitaker, an educator of film and digital photography to beginners, both in workshops across the globe and online. Creator of the Build and Bloom group on Facebook, one of the largest and most engaged photography communities with over 60,000 members, and founder of non-profit Sister Sister, a monthly networking group for young women in media. Jessica Whitaker cuts the fluff and will help you to grow your photography business with practical, actionable tips in every episode. If you're ready for a roadmap to a better personal and professional balance, then Build and Bloom podcast will help encourage, empower, and educate you to not only build your dream business, but sustain it. And now, here's your host, Jessica Whitaker. This podcast episode is brought to you by my Business Basics class. I teach you the eight essential steps to get your business legal and legit so you can watch it bloom. You'll learn the basics of what is an LLC and the first steps to opening one up, opening a business bank account, how to find an accountant, what is bookkeeping and how can you do it yourself to save some money, what contracts and legal documents to consider and where you can buy them, the starting point for saving for your retirement, how to find a financial advisor, and where to start looking for business insurance. When you avoid getting all these ducks in a row, you are risking getting sued, paying more in taxes, and missing out on turning your income into more money. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash businessbasics to enroll. Hey photographer, Jessica Whitaker here, and welcome back to the Build and Bloom Photography Podcast. As a creative, there is nothing worse than feeling like you are in a creative rut. That Google Doc remains blank, the SD card is empty, the canvas that's propped against the wall still has it wrapping on it, you haven't edited anything new in weeks. And maybe as a photographer, your clients are ghosting you, your calendar is looking a little emptier than last month, or you haven't been on a collaborative photo shoot in a while. Being in a creative rut is bound to happen to all of us at one point or another. And while it's really frustrating in the moment, you just have to remember that it's all a part of the process. But how do you actually beat a creative rut? Here's a hint. You start with mindset. So in today's podcast episode, I have put together five ways that I have unconventionally become unstuck from a creative rut. And I know that it can see a little bit hopeless right now. It's feeling like a flop. When will I ever be able to create again? But if you follow these pieces of advice, you will be out there taking photos, painting, writing, or organizing your next creative project before you know it. If you've been listening to the Build and Bloom podcast all season long, whether you've binged 30 episodes or three, and you like what you hear, please take a moment to go and leave a rating and review, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This helps the podcast boost in the charts and in the algorithm to be able to help other beginner photographers. And it also gives me feedback and insight on if I should create a season three. So if you like what you hear, show it some love because you do not know how long something will last when it comes to any kind of content creation Always take a second to show some love if you are a returning viewer on your favorite YouTuber, favorite podcaster, Instagram account. It takes 10 seconds and that is what helps keep the content coming out. So in this episode, we are going to go into five ways to beat burnout and to stay inspired. Now, I know that you cannot always work (laughs) off of inspiration or motivation. 
a lot of work ethic comes from discipline, but we're not talking about work ethic here. We are talking about creative inspiration. So let's get right into it. Number one, I, I don't want you to fast forward through this one. You're going to roll your eyes and you're going to be like, oh my, I've heard this a thousand times. Oh, just listen up. You've heard it a thousand times, but this is the 1,001th time that you're going to hear and you're actually going to listen and you're going to apply it. Start journaling. Don't, stop. Don't fast forward, okay? Start journaling about your creative rut and your lack of photography inspiration. Open up your favorite notebook or Google Doc. I like Google Doc because my handwriting is illegible. And I want you to brain dump everything that's going on in your mind including the struggle of feeling uninspired. If you're a photographer who has been struggling to book clients or you're not getting responses to follow up emails, you're comparing yourself on social media, which we will talk about in a little bit, I want you to write it all out. Maybe it's your dating life or your financial struggles in your business. So whatever it may be, don't think too hard about it. That's why I recommend also typing it out in Google Docs. I want you to simply start writing how you feel. Dig into the corners of your mind and put those thoughts onto paper because this will really help clear up the thoughts in your mind. And here's something you could consider. Do a brain dump at the beginning of the week, whether that's Sunday or Monday, and you might even find that it turns into a task list and then you can organize it by priority. And that can help you take small action steps into accomplishing the things that you need to get done that are going to rely on discipline rather than inspiration. And you can slowly start peeling away, okay, what are the admin things? What are the necessary things that I have to do in my business? And then what are the more creative areas that I can set aside time to explore? So brain dumping in a journal setting, whether it's writing or typing out, I highly recommend typing out because I think that you're going to actually do it rather than journaling. Okay, I'll journal tonight. I'll journal in the morning, but then you don't actually get to it. We are all watching Netflix, right? That's how I am. So take five minutes, brain dump. Okay, moving on. Number two is creating a physical inspiration board. And this idea has come from one of my favorite textile artists. Her name is Aviva Sanoff. She is incredible with color and texture. And I had the privilege of interviewing her back in 2020 on Instagram Live. And she gave such valuable advice to me that day in the interview. She has not only one, not two, but three big canvases in her studio that she uses to pin up physical inspiration too. And the rule is this, nothing can be digital. So I don't want you to go on Pinterest. She says, do not go on Pinterest, don't go online. She says, do everything in real life. And I love this advice because it's really easy when it comes to Pinterest to get subconsciously caught up in comparing our work to others and with Pinterest is that the algorithm is going to feed you similar themes, similar colors, you know, everything. It's going to be propagating for you everything that's related to an image or something that you like on Pinterest, right? Which is awesome for like home decor, for so many other reasons. But when it comes to finding inspiration, then you're going to kind of become in this idea of very narrow-minded with one idea. I don't mean narrow-minded in a bad way, like with your personality. I just mean, I just mean like, let's say that you like those very 
1980s kind of cool retro cakes that have the big frosting on it and they have cherries on it and that's an image that you find on Pinterest and then you click into the image and then you scroll down and then it's all these other photos of the same cake so you're being fed the same thing so then you don't have the ability as much to expand your thinking on what you're actually gravitated towards whereas if you go and I'm going to talk about this um, more in depth in a couple of points from now but if you go to an antique store for instance and you find yourself I'm going to talk tell you guys how to do this everything I I'll, I'll give this example I go to an antique store and I buy a little packet of vintage lace because I like the pattern on it and then I buy a little flower seedling packet because I like the font and the color combination or the illustration or whatever it is. And then I buy some vintage sheet music because same thing, I like the name of the of the album or the album, the pack of music, whatever, or the song titles, or I like the illustration, the font, the graphic design, whatever it might be, the printing. I'm just picking up so much random crap and then pinning it onto you you go and you pin it onto this canvas board this physical board and it's going to be a hodgepodge at first but over time you're going to see what you are gravitated towards now you could take this at any scale you want of course like this could be a year <laughs> that sounds really extreme though but it's like take this advice and then implement it in your own life maybe you find that just lately you are really into the color blue okay i in like december this winter and in the spring i was obsessed with blue i don't know why but i loved it and i kept pulling garments that were blue accessories okay let's do blue glitter eyeliner you know i, I was obsessed i was like okay elsa when you give yourself the challenge of only using physical inspiration you're going to start to notice a common thread that's genuinely coming from the things you're being inspired by and also the things that you see in day-to-day -day life this podcast episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a client management program. You are able to have your client submit their inquiry form on your website and have this system automate the entire booking process. So once you get that client inquiry, they're popped at the top of your funnel and booked hands-free. So now instead of the cycle of responding to inquiries manually, answering the questions, following up with ghosted clients, you know the drill. This process should now take you 10 minutes because it is automated. So before before we get back to the episode, let's talk about getting paid. Another feature I love is that you can set up a payment schedule with your clients and HoneyBook will automatically remind them that the payment is almost done and it will invoice them. I love that you can set up various payment schedules with your clients. You can break it down by percentage, exact amount, and HoneyBook will do all the math for you. It will automatically remind them when payments are due or about to be due and it will invoice them. So there's no more back and forth for you trying to track down that final payment. You can head to jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook to snag a free trial with no credit card required to set up. And if you love it, you'll get 50% off your first year. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook. Ooh, okay. Number three. I know some of you guys are going to cringe. You guys are not going to want to do it. I don't really want to do it much recently either. But it's setting strict boundaries with your phone. And this goes for getting re-inspired, but then also staying inspired. I 
talked about this in my very first YouTube video of 2022 on ways to avoid burnout. I have an in-depth podcast episode on this. I'll link it down in the show notes description of this episode. And I have noticed that phone usage is directly tied to a lack of inspiration because we are constantly playing the comparison game. I share so many different levels of how you can restrict yourself from your phone in that podcast episode, in that YouTube video. But I recommend like the the very in basic in summary, I recommend starting to limit phone usage by turning off all social media notifications and deleting the apps that you can easily access on your computer. For instance, okay, well, nobody's using Twitter anymore, but what Twitter last year and Pinterest. These are desktop friendly social media platforms that usually when you're on them on the computer, you're using them with some kind of intention rather than when you use them on their phone. They're kind of like the backup apps for when you get bored of the other platforms, right? But by taking these apps away and anything else that you find yourself just opening up but not really being active on, you can still be fed with discouragement in comparison, especially on Pinterest. It's just going to kill your productivity as well, and that's not helpful for a creative rut. Um, Something also that you could do, let's say with Instagram and with TikTok, is you can go and remove the app from your home screen without actually deleting the app itself. And that can be a great way to kind of stop the, um, the re, what's the word? I, my vocabulary is not expansive enough. Okay. I never, I actually never took the SATs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can tell. So anyways, you can go into Siri and on your settings and actually also toggle off Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be in the settings to appear even in your search. So in order to access Instagram, what you're going to do is you're going to have to go to the app store and type in Instagram. So that's for those of us who are really addicted, like myself, where it's not enough just to simply remove it from the home screen because you're going to tug down and type in Instagram or it's just going to be a recommended apps that appear for you when you do tug down that search bar. In a similar vein, number four is muting Instagram accounts, (laughs) muting Instagram accounts that make you jealous and muting Instagram accounts is different than unfollowing or blocking their content. You're jealous of your friend for getting a boyfriend. So you block her. No, then it will stop showing up in your feed. You'll have to actually go and search the person's username to find their content. You also won't be able to see any incoming messages that they send you. If you need to mute someone that you know, like your friend who just got a boyfriend that you're jealous of, there is no way for someone to know if they've been put on mute. It's all totally private. So I really recommend muting anyone from influencers to public figures to a certain storefront or a brand. If it gives you a bad feeling in your stomach or causes any sort of anxiety, FOMO, or jealousy, then they do not deserve that time. Now, when I say stores or brands, I think that this is really important to just not follow stores and brands that you do not have to, like if it's not a small business that you're supporting, if it's not a friend, if it's just the major like Zara or something like that. It's really easy for us 
as consumers to like want more and to not be satisfied right and so by following brands on social media if you find yourself feeling a lack of what you have and you feel like you're either actively spending your money on so much stuff like Instagram products that are being fueled to you or from promotions or you're getting sale emails I mean it's kind of the similar idea of unsubscribing to stores sale promotional emails okay let's get really back in so let's talk about more of it when it's a person an influencer somebody that you know another photographer whether or not you have a personal relationship with that person I don't want you to have their content their account be eating away at your creative energy your attention by causing you pains of comparison doubt envy anything in between and I have found for me that I feel the comparison the strongest when I am endlessly scrolling at night on social media when I shouldn't even be having my phone out because I need to be setting strict boundaries with the phone so you can see how it all kind of works together and it's like even if they are a friend or a colleague or another photographer in the community and it's nothing personal that they are doing it's always us as the problem as Taylor Swift would say it's super important to mute the accounts that are just making you feel a little bit in your stomach that's just you it has nothing to do with them so Instagram unfortunately has just conditioned us to compare our lives to others and just getting stuck in this endless comparison it just leaves no inspiration for us to actually grow and here's another idea so if there's a certain photographer or artist that you love just follow them on Pinterest instead of Instagram. So when you're on Pinterest, your brain is more conditioned to find inspiration rather than comparison like on Instagram. This episode of the Build and Bloom podcast is brought to you by Contractista, my favorite resource for lawyer-drafted photography contracts. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts and use the code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off lawyer-drafted legal documents. Contractista is your one-stop shop for attorney-drafted legal documents for entrepreneurs. Actually, not only are they attorney-drafted by a business and intellectual property attorney, but they're also peer-reviewed by attorneys with over 30 years of experience in contract drafting for multinational corporations. <laughs> Anyways, Contractista actually has bundles specific for photographers that cover portrait photography contracts, wedding photography contracts, plus some legal disclosures that you have to put on your website. Just like you have to have car insurance to drive a car, you have to have attorney-drafted contracts for your clients and websites to run a business. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contract and protect yourself from that just in case. And you can use the code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts. Number five is texting someone in your circle. And then number six, I'm going to get more in depth about going out and finding physical inspiration. I just wanted to save it almost like as a bonus at the end because I know that not everybody's going to be interested in this. So, okay, that's coming up. Number five, text someone in your circle. And this might be the most important point of all. Shoot a text to somebody in your circle who is outside of your industry and make plans to hang out with them. Focus on cultivating relationships with people who cannot help you or your business in any way, but they are great for personal company and enjoyment. And this is a great way to unplug, recharge, and get re-inspired. And I have to emphasize that 
It is so important to have friends who with other photographers and creatives who can offer mentorship, support. They share a similar lifestyle to you. If you don't have a lot of people in your day-to-day -day life like that, then the free Build and Bloom Facebook group is perfect for you. Now, this, both of these things, somebody who can't help you, someone who can't, this is essential to learn how to balance, having both a community of friends who shares industries and a community of friends who don't. And not only does this make us a more well-rounded person, but you may find that opening yourself up to people who don't do the same thing as you can lead to your next creative breakthrough. And before I get into how I like to find physical inspiration, I just want to share that Finding yourself in a creative rut is also a great time to give your left brain a break and focus on the nitty gritty of business ownership. So this can look like finally finishing up your website or setting up your website, registering yourself as a legal business entity, opening up a business bank account, finding a great accountant. And if you're nodding your head going, yeah, that has been actually on my to-do list, but I don't know where to begin. I feel overwhelmed. I invite you to check out my photography business basics online course. I simplified the eight essential steps for making your business legal and legit. You'll walk away with actual steps, accountability, and guidance for actually getting it done. You can head to jessicawhitaker.co slash business basics. Okay. So let's now talk about how I actually like to go about and find inspiration. And a lot of that is done at antique shops. I'm not talking about antique shops where it's just a big library of like ugly mahogany wood furniture that looks like it came out of grandpa's library. If your grandpa has a lot, you, you know the vibe. No, no. I'm talking about those antique malls that are most likely in your town or the next town over. And it is just filled up with a plethora of vendors and each little booth a vendor pays to be there and it's full of their own finds and there's usually different themes different vibes maybe one is yes ugly gross mahogany wood furniture that looks like it was taken out of the church that you grew up in but most of them are quite eclectic and even if it's a little rusty dusty crusty what I like to do is I like to go into these antique stores with my phone camera out and I am taking photos of like everything, whether it's an interesting matchbook that I don't necessarily want to buy, but I love the slogan or the color or the design, or if I'm walking around and I mean, at one of my favorite antique malls, I live in Seattle and there's a town called Sumner, which is south of Seattle, about 40 minutes south if you're in the area. They have an amazing antique mall there where there is one vendor who just sells antique afghans and quilts and fabric and sheets. And I mean, it is rusty, crusty. There is no way I'm buying one of those blankets and like putting it on my body because I'm just getting hives thinking about it. But the color combinations and the textures and I really love just to take photos of that. And then I also do buy a ton of random crap. I love to get books like used books, vintage books, antique books. I love getting these books from Powell's, which is a incredible used bookstore in Oregon. 
but there's also Goodwill. There's the, the antique stores, and usually you can find them for about $7, $5. I mean, if you're in Texas, 25 cents kind of thing. But I love to get antique books that I'm drawn to, whether it's the color, the font, the graphic design, the title. I mean, I'm repeating the same thing that I'm drawn to in all these different formats. But with the books, you can actually decorate your home with them. You could use them as props and photo shoots. And the book might be what inspires you to build the rest of the session and style it around. And another thing is when it comes to going to antique stores, I think paper goods is a great cheap way to start to get these physical things to pin onto your canvas, your inspiration board. And I wanna actually pause there and say, these photos that I'm taking all around the antique store, I mean, that's something that you could be doing in every area of life, whether it's random, you love the composition of the way that the flowers fell on the ground, or if it's a sign on a building or texture on a building and old, the architecture, these are all things that you should be taking photos of anyway, but then just because as a creative, right, you're finding inspiration, but then you could always print those photos out and put them on your inspiration board or you don't have to do anything with it. But then maybe the next time you're on the airplane or a long road trip or whatever it might be, you can kind of scroll through when you have the, the time to dedicate to this. Scroll through those images and see if there's a common thread about what you're inspired by. Similar to the physical canvas, you're going to see over time what you're attracted to. So going back to the paper goods. So paper goods are a great cheap way to find that to, to get the physical inspiration. Um, so whether that's like postcards, flower seed packets, or if it's vintage sheet music is a great thing to look for. Also, another thing that most antique stores have are those bins of vintage postcards and vintage prints and photos. So that's like another good thing where you could actually be inspired from the composition of those images books also in terms of not just for the outside the cover but the contents for example i have a book that is all about finishings in a home and like how to do different wall treatments and though i think that the cover is absolutely hideous and the font it's papyrus but the actual content of the book too is what i'm inspired by and so physically having those things and making dog ears and bookmarking them physically is so refreshing as well. Another thing too that could is something that I'm drawn to and you could be drawn to as well is like little crystals from a chandelier. Okay, I'm not talking about like go and get your rose quartz to like, no, I'm talking about like some antique stores will have just like cups or little bins of vintage glass cut crystal that used to hang on a chandelier or there's little like trim or even even something that I really like what I keep my eye out for is like necklaces there's so much just random necklaces at these mall these vintage malls and antique stores where you might not actually wear it but something about the color combination or the texture might catch your eye and again that's something physical you could put on the canvas 
something that I really like to do is I have a chandelier that I have decorated with so much random stuff and um, it has different ribbon and different findings, little tiny mushrooms on it and these mercury glass butterflies that are on a wire that are wrapped around and little roses and something that I've always wanted to do is also drape all those beads or whether that's necklaces or at a lot of stores you can just get the strings of beads and have those be on the chandeliers too and so that's just kind of going into more decorating your space for inspiration but back to the actual physical inspiration for photo shoots this episode of the build a blue podcast is brought to you by a tool that's cut my photography workflow in half without cutting into half my software budget like most photographers i use the blog feature on my website to upload galleries narrative is a software that you download onto your computer that cuts down the time it takes to build out blog posts from one hour to 10 minutes narrative works on almost all website platforms squarespace wix weebly wordpress the list goes on there are so many bonus features to narrative including a lightroom plugin seo integration adding text into blog posts, cropping within the program, which means no more back and forth with Lightroom. Oh, and it also uploads all your images as individual files. So it's not one big collage, meaning that it's Pinterest friendly. I know what you're thinking. This seems like a miracle, but how much does it cost? With Narrative, there are three package options starting at just $6 a month. And heads up, right now the program is only available for iOS, meaning Mac users. Go to jessicawhitaker.co slash blog tool. You can also check out the description of this podcast episode, the show notes down below. I'll link it as well. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash blog tool. Another great way to get inspired, and I mentioned this earlier, is from signage on buildings. Whether that's a neon sign, the storefront sign on the top of the building, an old illustrated painted sign on the side of the building that's no longer the actual storefront. Or also, there's some really pretty illustrations that can go on the glass of the building, like the window. The window is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, this usually happens a lot more when I'm traveling. And I'm not talking about like traveling to France or somewhere extreme, but when we go somewhere new, whether it's the next city over, a road trip, anywhere but our hometown, usually we're paying a lot more attention to those little details. And so you even driving to the next town over or two, pay attention to those signage and see what you are drawn to. When it comes to actually using Pinterest for inspiration, try looking up certain keywords that are elements of things that you like. I'm not against to using against using Pinterest, but don't look for actual photography related things. Look for interior design, so things like stained glass windows, look up ornate fireplaces, look up murals, those different types of elements and pull inspiration from that rather than photography related. Some things that you could look up are vintage sheet music, records. I love, uh, if you can go to a record store, a used record store in your town or even at some antique stores, that's a great place to find inspiration, whether it's composition, the photography, the makeup that the artist is wearing, the graphic design, the, the font, whatever. Um, look up different adver vintage advertisements. I love vintage ribbons. So whether that's the actual spool that the ribbon is sitting on, whether it's like an interesting shape of wood or finish of wood or 
the label of the ribbon has a really beautiful font uh or even if it's like the ribbon itself but vintage ribbons jewelry like i mentioned and just start find just start collecting things that you find along the way and store it in a bin or a box depending on you know your storage situation i have now that i ha- have a house i have two three bins in my garage of just so much random crap that i have bought over time and none of this is expensive it's like a dollar five dollars ten dollars over years and years and I have a I have a bin of just ribbons and little finishings and beads and things that I don't know exactly what I'm going to use them for, but I know that I have <laughs> I was sounding like a hoarder. I mean my dad was a hoarder, but I just want to be able to collect things that I love and use them either in a photo shoot or styling or in a home project because I love interiors and I know that you as a photographer, you don't just express your artistic voice through photography it's also through how you decorate your room how you if you love stationery what kind of stationery you gravitate towards how you do your makeup your hair how you dress you know it's all these different elements and so I think that there's so much value in getting physical inspiration even if you don't know exactly what you're going to do with it yet and see what you were drawn to and then Also, this is something that I want to talk about on a larger scale. You're able to see not only what you gravitate to, but what colors and what fonts. And this can help you create your a well-rounded artistic voice with how you decorate your home in the future or your dorm or your room and how what colors you dress in so that then when you go shopping, you okay I I like this you know this you have this color palette basically of your life (laughs) is what I'm trying to say you have this color palette of your life and you're able to apply it in every area so it makes going shopping for clothes easier it makes picking out furniture a little bit easier and you're able to take more risks with what you pick out because you know that it all works together I I really want to do a podcast all about color in our life and in design and let me know if you'd be interested in something like that but it all ties back to inspiration oh my goodness okay I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode I am feeling a bit rusty crusty just like that doily that's been sitting there at the antique store down the street from you I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and this solo style I forget that with podcasts it's I'm allowed to be more free-flowing with it I'm allowed to not have to speak perfectly and I can use a little bit of filler words like, like, like. (laughs) It doesn't have to be so polished and so concise. And it's a big adjustment from YouTube where I really like to keep it eight minutes or less, get straight to the point and keep hold the viewer's interest. Whereas with podcasts, you have a bit more wiggle room and it's just an adjustment. So please bear with me as I ease back into doing solo episodes. If you made it this far and if you enjoyed this episode, please go and leave a rating and review on Apple or on Spotify. I know that everybody asks for it, but I hope that by me explaining how leaving reviews boosts it in the algorithm, but then so then also other photographers can find this amazing free resource. But then also it's like it helps me gauge feedback on what you like about the podcast 
and it allows me to to kind of I'm able to gauge if I should do a third season so thank you so much in advance for leaving a rating and review I believe in you and I believe in your business be sure to go and join the build and bloom photography Facebook group that I mentioned earlier if you're not a member yet it is a kind encouraging and inclusive free photography community where you can ask questions about your specific photography business so whether you are experiencing a really difficult client situation and you need help drafting an email response or you just want an extra set of eyes to look over what you're going to respond with and how to go about it if you're about to launch your website and or it, it, it's launched but you want some extra eyes on it before you publish it onto instagram and go on to build and bloom and you can share it there it's an amazing again free resource just search it in facebook groups With all that being said, I believe in you and I believe in your business. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Build and Bloom podcast. If you love the show, leave us a review on iTunes to keep it running. This also helps other photographers to find this free resource. Looking for more? Join over 60,000 photographers in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Just search for Build and Bloom in Facebook groups to join in the encouraging and empowering community. You can also find Jessica's tutorials and tools on YouTube and Instagram at Jessica Whitaker and show notes and further resources on her website, jessicawhitaker.co. Thanks for spending time here. Catch you in the next episode.